Fans and viewers, to another exciting episode of the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour. Hey, what's this voice you hear? It's not the Commissioner Glenn Gordon. No, it is your host with the most, Dane Smith, coming at you for this special random reunion episode of RDGH. That's right, we got the original cast back in action from the very first episode. So, of course... Who's backing this hot seat is your host with the most. And with me is the commissioner, Glenn Gordon, taking a secondary role today. How are you, Glenn? I am tired. I got home from work about, like, two hours ago. So I guess I should be a little less tired than I am, but I I feel tired. I think everyone's tired. It's hard getting the reunion cast back together with so many different time zones. Yeah, in fact, as we speak, two of them are not here. Wait, I know. So this is how dysfunctional we are. <laughs> we had um, uh, Ernest and, and Gary were here as well, but I guess Gary went AFK and then now Ernest went AFK and so now it's just me and Dane. And uh, Ernest is asking to add him back into the call. Oh, he left. He got dropped by accident. Oh. Yeah, he got dropped by accident. Okay. So you got to add him back. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll add him Sorry, back. Sorry, viewers. Okay, I'll add him back, but you have to, once he gets back, you have to, like, introduce him in, like, fantastic. <laughs> like, Ernest is back. Uh, That's right. Well, I am back. Ernest. Don't Call Me a Girl Lynn is back in action with the pack attack. Ernest. Right. Back to the pack attack. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back. And uh, what have you been doing with yourself since the last time we've all been together on the show? What was that, like two weeks ago? No, I think that was since episode... Like all a- been together? That was a while ago. I think that was really? episode. I think that was a while ago. Oh, but... No, that was episode twenty-five, oh. wasn't it? Yeah, he was yeah. On for I was about to say, I thought it was okay. Yeah, so that was like yeah, two weeks ago. There have been too many episodes. I'm losing too track. many. I'm losing track. Too many filler episodes, track. but yeah. the whole. Filler episodes. Too many filler episodes, of course. But the whole point of this is the fact that uh, episode one originally did not get put up on iTunes or anywhere else for technical difficulties, even though technically it's on PSU. So that is why we're doing this throwback episode, is to help promote the very first episode when we put it up onto iTunes. So you guys can listen, hear what our debut was, how much different it is from now for good or for bad or for whatever. And then comments, of course, let us know what you think. Let us know uh, what you want to see added to the show, what you want to see cut from the show, uh, what you want to hear us talk about, all those good things. Don't be shy. 
right? You can tweet us at the RDGH at any time for anything. See, and I'm, I'm, I'm is Gary back? Gary says he's back. Is he back? Well, he, he wrote his with Up oh, there he is. He's there. Dana, there I, are KG, Mr. KGB is back. Dana, I worry that episode one, because I haven't listened back to it yet, I worry that episode one is just going to be us really awkward trying to figure out how this new thing works. It, I, I feel like it's just going to be awkward. What do you think? I think it's going to be awkwardly awesome. Awkwardly awesome. I, that's what I think. Let's it's going to just be like so good. Like all pilot episodes, it's just going to be like so great, it's horrible. <laughs> Probably. We're so horrible, I mean, there are things great. on that episode, there are things on that episode we never did ever since then. Like I think we had a segment called Fun Facts About Canada. And then we made a big deal about it in that episode and then never talked about it again. No. So what, what would we do? So, now, like if Fun Facts from Canada, About Canada came back, what would we do? I don't know anymore. Like, I mean, we're awesome the... at hockey. We're the best hockey country in the world. <laughs> so oh, there's a fun fact. Right now. You're the you're the only Canadian on the crew. So like, when you're not here, what, what would I do? Google facts about Canada. <laughs> I Just guess so. No reason. <laughs> yeah. And then and hope they're right. right? Yeah. Like no, we do not live in igloos. And then someone... and no, Toronto's not the capital. And then someone calls and, uh, or tweets and asks, why do you do facts about Canada? Why Canada? And I'm like, I don't know. It just started. The host it... was Canadian. <laughs> now he's from America. Now he's from America, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's what it is. That's the good old first episode. Random stuff. I honestly don't remember some of the things we had. There's another segment I think we had on there. But uh, one thing I do know that stuck around was our ending, our don't be a racist mantra. Absolutely. That has stuck around for every episode. Every single episode. Although it's usually punctuated now with believe in Gary. Hell yes. Believe. <laughs> Hashtag leave. What are, we, what are we believing in you for, Gary? What are we believing in you for? Just, just believe in me, man. That's everything. Everything. Oh, by the way, speaking okay. of which, um, uh, Don followed me on Twitter, and he was my hundredth follower. He, oh, he, nice. he even tweeted to make sure that he knew that I would, like, he, he sent me this tweet. It says, yo, I was your 100th follower. Better recognize, boy. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I guess, I guess that's that. Um, I guess that is that. Yeah. What were you saying, Gary? I said congratulations. Thank uh, you. Hundred followers. Where are you? Are you at eighty yet? No, man. I keep dropping. Like I'm stuck in a limbo of sixty-seven. You're at sixty-eight. It goes to seventy, and then it goes back down to sixty-seven. You're at sixty-eight, though. Wait, like I haven't you, at sixty-eight. Yeah. Do you, do you actually like post stuff to your Twitter? I try to. You try to. Maybe yes. maybe we should we should try and get you some um, 
uh, Destiny beta codes or something, if anything are left, if any of them are left. Um, <laughs> I, you have 67? Like seven. What's that, Gary? I have like seven of them. I, haven't, I don't know what to do. There you go. Give them away and, and get people to follow you. <laughs> there you go. I mean... Yeah. I, I I won't say how many I have because otherwise I'd I'd sound like a douchebag. I'll say so. how many you have. Hold on, Dane Smith, Lasombra Files. You have six thousand seven hundred thirty-two followers. Thirty-two. <laughs> so I gained one since I just checked. Whore, <laughs> man. I am a man whore. Okay. Speaking of that, all right. Off topic, off topic, but I just marathoned the entire Persona 4 animation series this week, the original animation series, not the golden, and the best line in the whole thing was uh, Nanako, Nanako saying that her brother was a man whore. (laughs) Wait, what? Part of it all, yeah, because they're talking about um, it was during the festival, and um, Margaret was giving their fortunes, and then oh. they asked him about his love life, and she's like, "Oh well, she said that bro- that big bro is a man whore." <laughs> I was like, "What?" Well then, that was just so so good. Wait, this is where um, this is so Persona now, Four. Uh, the animation or something? No, no, no. This is just the animation. Persona 4, the animation. Not Persona oh. 4, the golden, the animation. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, golden's not yeah. even like... So... Yeah, so. Yeah. So, speaking of tweets, uh, we got to go through some tweets. I'm not Glenn. I didn't get to it right away. So, sorry, fans. <laughs> um... As always, our number one, our number one fan, Snova, as I am now nicknaming him, because S Nova, I, yeah, it's just Snova. It's like a snowstorm in a Nova. It's better than a blizzard. It's a Snova. Ultimately um, known as the Fonz. Ultimately known as the Fonz. Uh, he was talking about. Let's see. Let's look at some of them. Um, he's excited that I mentioned that my book is going to be a trilogy. So he's super excited for that. He's a big fan of the book. Um, he was very happy about congratulating Glenn on his first platinum. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so congrats, congratulations. That was uh, infamous second son, wasn't it? Absolutely. My first platinum ever. I'm proud of it. There you go. So Snova was quite, quite happy about that and recommended playing Resistance Burning Skies. Can earn that platinum in two days. That's the Vito one, is it not? I don't know. I, I, I don't think I've played Resistance before. Um, yeah, it is okay. the Vito one. I think you it is the Vito one. You can do it in one go. Well, not in one go. You have to beat the game twice. But it's very easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, I'm not too far from doing it in Persona, but really to... I feel like I really need a, a good guide to get the Platinum in Persona. Like, it, it would be really hard to just... Yes. So, I, I've been trying to find go, the right go to, kind of guide. 
ps3trophies.com or ps3trophies.org. Those are the best two places on the internet for all of your trophy needs. So one more time, that is www.ps3trophies.com or www.ps3trophies.org. Wait a so second. Get platinum in. Wait a second. Did you? Was that advice to me or was that a promo? <laughs> <laughs> that was both. <laughs> Because uh, no one talks to each other like that. Like, how would you feel if, you know, hey, Glenn, I have a cold. Well, you should get Tylenol. Just, it's available in your local pharmacy right now. That's Tylenol. T Y L E N O L. You know, like, who talks like that? I'm practicing my hosting do skills, right? <laughs> that was so, awesome. here's your advice. All right. <laughs> um, and then uh, he was also happy that hearing Don, Mike, and Ben on the same podcast. So that went completely old school. And he hopes to see them back in the future for another episode. He thinks it's his best, it's his favorite episode so far. Wow. So Snova mm. was really enjoying that a lot. Right, and I think those are all the tweets we got so far. So remember, <clears throat> if you want to talk to us, you got a comment, a concern, or you just want to say hi, tweet us at the RDGH. So one more time, at the RDGH to contact us about anything. As for reviews on iTunes, we have none yet. So get reviewing us on iTunes for good or bad, trolling or non-trolling. We will read your review verbatim well, on, maybe, on maybe a future episode. You're, you're going in places I never said I'd go. <laughs> trolling or non-trolling. <laughs> what, what is this? What is this foolishness? No, um, you know, I'm trying to bring some pizzazz onto here, Glenn. You'll, you, you'll, have to come, you'll have to come read the trolling one. You, you, okay, you can, you can come on if you read a tr- if you leave a trolling email or a trolling review, um, then I will leave it. I'll save it for Dane, and he can read them. <laughs> okay, uh, I will say it in my very promo style. Yes, there we like go. earlier. No, I'll read them. I'll read All them. right. Tell us what you think about us, we'll and read good or bad, we'll, good or bad, we'll read them. Okay. So on to the first topic. Big news. That hits all Final Fantasy fans. I know Gary was quite upset about this. I know a lot of fans were quite upset about this. Uh, and that was Final Fantasy Type O fans' English translation, shut down by a, quote, certain game company. And so apparently there were a lot of fans grouping together to do an English translation of Final Fantasy Type O. Is it Type O or Type Zero, Ernest? I think it's type zero. Okay, type zero. And it got taken down for legal reasons. And boo. Boo. Super boo. People are not happy about it, especially since that's considered like one of the best games for Final Fantasy now that's never been released. Uh, and just reading some of the choice comments on uh, PSU.com on our article is quite quite hilarious the amount of hatred that is going towards Square Enix for it. So Gary, you're a Final Fantasy fan. I'm putting it to you. What are your thoughts? You know, it's it's 
it's one of those things where I understand that, you know, it's Square's property. They don't have permission to do it and all that. But the thing is, they have been very vocal about doing it since the game even came out, which was, what, four years ago since it came out, I believe? And Square Enix waits until they actually finished the translation to shut them down. These people wasted four years of their life translating this, and they just shut them down just because they could. You know, and not only that, but instead of, you know, going in and saying, wow, you guys translated this whole game for us, or not for us, for, for the fans, you know, we can just, you know, pay you, a, you know, some sort of fee or money and take whatever code or the translation you made and put it into the game and release it as a digital download or something. But no, they're just like, oh, we, we're going to spend our own money and do it, whereas these people did it for free for you. And it, it, it's it's always this like slap in the face, in my opinion, to, to their most loyal fans. I mean, you don't translate an entire RPG, 60-hour RPG, just because you want some sort of recognition for it. You know, you do it because you love that game and you want other people to experience it. And it kind of just makes me very upset that Square constantly does this. And it's not just Square, you know, Sega's done it, Konami has done it, and, you know, there's all these... It, they're kind of like hackers in a way, where instead of giving these hackers who hacked your entire company a job at your company, because, wow, you hacked our insane security system that we pay millions and millions of dollars for, we're gonna sue you and send you to prison instead. Which is fine, you're all... That, that's what technically you were supposed to do, but... You know, to me, it's just, you have this incredible opportunity right there. Somebody just translated the whole game for you. And instead of saying thank you, you're saying screw you instead. Well, just so that everyone has some context, here is what Sky officially said. Uh, and this is a quote. Unfortunately, I'm forced to remove my posts and pages related to the popular Final Fantasy Type Zero fan translation project. That's right, certain game company thinks that threats and false accusations are the way to treat its biggest fans. For the time being, I can't answer questions related to this matter, but I'll write a more comprehensive post about this um, once I get the chance. So um, it seems that this, uh, this company called Skyblade Cloud is tr has been trying to uh, translate this game, and the company responsible for it has been using, quote, threats and false accusations uh, to shut it down. Um, can we read some of these comments? Like, th these comments are... Like, <laughs> um, these comments are hilarious, okay? I'll, I'll read a couple choice ones here. Um, let's see. We'll go with Section 8. We'll start with the freshest one. Section 8. Sky should never have caved in. There's no law on this earth that prevents anyone from translating another language. This is just one more reason why I've never bought a Square Enix game. Such trash, end quote. We got ethical exodus. Well, what well, do well, you, what do you expect? I think that there's something interesting about one thing he said. He says there's no law on this earth that prevents anyone from translating another That's language, um, which is true. Hmm. But when you own the property and, and when, you know, obviously if Square Enix were to allow that, then that would take away their opportunity to uh, release a 
English version should they ever decide they want to do so. You know, because then, you know, they release an English version translated by the company and no one wants to buy it because they've already gotten a fan-made translation. So I can see business decisions as to why they would not want this to go through. Um, so there's no, there is no law on this earth that prevents anyone from translating another language. But there are laws on this earth that prevent people from distributing property that is supposed to be sold to people that would otherwise buy it from that company. So I, I'm, I'm trying to say there could be reasons why, um, for, there could be valid reasons for Square Enix not to uh, allow this to go through. But okay, let's go through a couple quotes first, and then we'll, and then we'll go back and, and point those out. Okay. Um, Ethical Exodus, what to expect from fucking Queer Enix? This is not the first time that they do this shit like this. Chrono Trigger remake by fans was also scrapped because of paranoid Japanese capitalist fuckers. They will probably use fan translation as a basis for this new release in the West instead to bring that to Vita. Sony to blame. Now we're getting this, which is not a bad thing, but not the way you treat your most loyal fans. I should have preambled that with uh, there's probably a lot of swearing and racism in some of these comments. <laughs> um, let's see. Venger, quote, why is this a shock? The minute FM Type Zero got announced for a Western launch, everyone doing this kind of stuff was expected to stop on their own. It's the unwritten agreement. SE doesn't come after you in regions it hasn't launched, and you don't challenge their IP rights once they do launch in your region. It's the same basic rule that anime fan subbers work under. The sad truth of IP protection is that you have to that you have to have been seen doing it to claim you have the right to protect the IP in the first place. It's not personal, it's not vindictive, it just is. If SE doesn't aggressively go after people like this, they can lose the right to the IP when it matters. Then, this actually has some comments to the comments. Section 8, quote, you're an idiot. End quote. <laughs> and then, sweet. to reply to that, some guy named Andy and the quote, it's not really a shock, still not buying any Square Enix games like I haven't in the last six years. They're as screwed up as Capcom, sorry, Crapcom at this stage. Square Enix, shut up and don't take my money. End quotes. And there's the two comments there. So obviously, uh, wow. And then there's one here that's even super racist to the extreme, I'm not even going to bother saying it, but um, mm -hmm. to go back to uh, Glenn's quote or topic of why Square might do it and how translating another language is okay, but there's reasons why Square would do it, um, I think Wenger kind of summed it up nicely with that, but also I kind of, I kind of don't buy it in a way. Because why wait so long if it's so good? Because um, also, are they taking down all of the... Are they forcing people to take down all of the fan translations of, like, say, Front Mission? Or, or Secret of Mana 3? Or all of their other games? Because so, Front Mission got a release. Front Mission got an English release. But I can play that for free off of uh, a, a SNES emulator. Because someone fan translated it on the SNES, mm -hmm. so um, I think there's yeah. some picking and choosing by Square in this case. And see, Square chose the worst time to shut them down 
because it's finished. It's already online. So, you know, if it's already online, it's going to be on almost every turret, torrent at this point. So there's really, there was really no point in shutting them down at this point because it's, it's there. Is it out there in the, the wild now. right now, though? It's it? out there in the wild. It's it, it's on torrents now, yeah. Yeah, that, oh. that is an interesting time. Um, I mean, I guess you can't always catch everything as it begins, but um, <laughs> by that point, you know, I, it, it, it is something that sucks for gamers and, and for Final Fantasy fans, of which there are a lot. Um because I know that Final Fantasy fans, they, they love their Final Fantasy. And, you know, every little bit of Final Fantasy, they just want to take that in. So to now have this shut down, yeah, that sucks. Um, but at the same time, I'm looking at this, and I, I can see some very very fair reasons as to why Square would do this. Like, it, it's their IP, and they have a right to um, decide what to do with their own IP. Um, so... You, you know, they want that. They want to have that control. It's something that they created. Um, they want to control when it's released. They want to control how it's released to new regions. Um, they want to control that experience. Um, it, to me, from from a from the, a business standpoint, that makes sense to me. Um, from a standpoint of we created this game, we want to be able to decide what to do with it. Um, that makes it makes sense. Uh, but it, it does really suck for fans um, who really want to play the game. And, and as I, as I'm understanding, it's been out for uh, for a bit now, right? Uh, I think they I think finished the it. Four uh, years. Yeah. So yeah, they've I, been working on it for four years. Yeah. So for fans, oh, yeah, they're it, working on it for four years. Yeah. Oh, they've been working on it for four years. But it's is it out yet? Yeah. It is out. Uh, it, it technically came out about three, four months ago. Oh, okay. So it's still a brand new game, definitely. So um, it's a new game, and, and no, the, no, the game came out four years ago on the PSP. Okay. And okay, okay. Phoenix never released it in the U.S. Okay, mm-hmm. I was. <laughs> so let me get this straight, because a second ago, like Gary, I know I'm not going crazy. To like ten seconds ago, you told me it came out three or four months ago. The no, the English translation came out. The English the, translation the, came out. Okay, but the actual yeah, these game, guys translated the game into English and released a patch you can download for the game if you bought the Japanese version. But the actual game came out when? About four years ago. About it was four years the, like ago. the end of the life cycle of the PSP. Right. So I guess in the for fans, it's like you know why not? This game's been out forever, but you know I I feel like I can see reasons why Square would want to hang on to its right to control its own IP. Um, yeah, I understand that they're all. I just don't right see why. Game. I don't see why they just didn't pay these people to get it done. I mean, because they're doing it on their own. It's finished it's mm-hmm. released i'm assuming it must be decent or else there would be this huge backlash on the internet about how crap it is so it must be decent enough so why i don't see why square just didn't be like you know what it's done it's good here's some cash now it's ours legally your localization effort is now ours legally and then 
there's there's peace in the realm. It's kind of the same thing with uh, I heard before with Earthbound, Earthbound Three, where some dude localized the entire game. I think by himself, he translated the entire game by himself, and he's like, you know what? Take it, Nintendo. I don't even want any money for it. You can take it. Here's the whole game localized, and you can release it, and you can make millions off of it. And Nintendo's like, nope, we don't want it. All the work's done. All the work is done. And I just don't get it with some of these companies. Like, how expensive is it to really localize a game? That's the one thing that they never, ever come out and tell about, because I never see articles. I've seen one article ever about, and that was from... Oh, you know the company, Ernest. It's the one, Xseed. I think I saw one, Xseed, company, yeah. one article on Xseed about, the, about localizations, but they never actually talked about the costs. They never talked about the money they made. And I heard a few things from working designs, from their making of CDs in the past. But um, like, really, how expensive is it now in this day and age with the technology we have to localize a game, uh, even if it's a shitty localization, even if it's like 1992 English. I mean, would you play, would you not buy a game if they were only using 1992 English, even if it meant the difference of playing a game and not playing a game? What go is, with you, what Ernest. Is, what is what is would 19, you say? What is 1992 English? 1992 English is like, you know, like, you spoony all your bass belong to us like that like <laughs> all your bass are belong to us like you can you can figure out how to play the game oh, okay. but but it's just not it's not 100% perfect so what what do you guys think would you would that be something okay with you or do would you have to have 100% perfection in a localization it would be okay for me i think those things brought humor to, the, to those games man yeah, I, I mean, it made them. what it made uh, parts of Shenmue, you know, like a ch- it was a part of the sh- charm, I would say, of like Shenmue. It's just like the mm-hmm. awkward dubbing and translations. I don't think that would fly with me. Um, I, I feel like it's called a localization for a reason, and if you're if you're not going to cast people who can speak the language properly then to me that's not a localization at all. Um, I mean, sure, there are things that create memes and whatnot and, and humor in, in the social world, but it's to me it's not a localization. and it, To me, it, it would just take me right out of the experience, I think. Oh, well, take away the voices. Like, who cares about the voices? Well, okay, probably some people are going to care about it, but let's say if you had the choice of you're never going to play this game ever versus... The voices is only in the original Japanese, and you have this like not perfect quality translation, but you can understand the game fully and play it. You just might not the story just might not make I think there might be some mistakes would you Would you rather not have it i mean i don't know about rather not have it i i'm well, I'm not sure I'd even go buy it. Unless it was really recommended to me as, oh, this is a good game. But, I mean, if I did, I'd play it. I, I watch anime. I watch J-drama. You know, subtitles and stuff don't bother me, and sometimes subtitles just aren't perfect. 
That's just how it is. But, you know, I, I don't know that I would go and buy it on my own. It, it, it would depend on what kind of game it is. I guess what I mean is if it's a game that you wanted to play anyways, <laughs> like my case, Yakuza Ishin, right? If it's a choice between you're never going to play it or you can play it, but it's not the best localization, would you rather have, like, which would you rather have? No, well, I'd play it. Okay. I'd want to be able to play it. Like, I mean, if it's something I want to play, but the localization's off, well, screw that. I still want to play it. Because, <laughs> yeah, so Ernest, have you ever came across anything? Because I know you, you scour the Japanese sites sometimes. Anything about the cost mm. of localization? No, they're pretty... Yeah, they're just really hush on that. I haven't come across anything. Well, here here's a statement yeah, that Exceed released. Sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, what, what's the statement, Gary? Well, when when they were talking about, uh, if you guys know a game, uh, Legend of Heroes Trials in the Sky, uh, they acquired the rights to all three games because the series is a trilogy. And those games came out in Japan on the PSP, and here they talked about how massive of an undertaking it was to translate the first game. Uh, they had to translate 1.5 million Japanese characters into English words, and I guess it cost so much money for them that the amount of that the game sold and the advertisement they put into it didn't even come close to to break it even for them on, on the game. Just God damn it, sorry. Why is <laughs> Gary? I don't understand, Dane. I don't know if you're here when this happens, but. For, like, a few episodes now, like, maybe three or four episodes, we've had a random call, and every time it's Gary. Like, people just call It's a KGB. People just, but why now? It's KGB. Why why when we're recording every time? Like, every single time. It's like... Because it's... He's gonna say something mind-breaking, and the KGB wants him to shut up. When we're not recording, it, they, nobody ever calls. When you record, somebody decides to call. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> what were you saying? Sorry, I don't know. All, all I can say is, all I can say is, this is just. Uh, I don't know why these companies don't just think about it ahead of time. It's like, hey, maybe these gamers in the states, or vice versa, these gamers in Japan are gonna like this game. Why don't we just set it up ahead of? time so it makes it easier for localization i mean if capcom can do it with resident evil so easily i mean i don't get why others can't well let me put it this way when you when you localize a game you can't just you know stick it and stick another language on it and send it off ship it off and you're done you you have to think about a few things you have to think about um the audience you know is this going to sell is this going to make us a lot of money in this region? For two, you have to think about supporting the game after it's released. Um, nowadays, you don't just drop a game out there. Uh, nowadays, you have to keep track of bugs. You have to do all sorts of stuff, and you have to pay people to do that. And so to, to adopt a localization, is not you can't just stick it out there. You have to be able to support it once it's out there. And, you know, the team that made the game may not, may or may not be willing to put the money and time and effort 
into supporting a new localization that it did not expect to support. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> well, just, I got I got nothing on that. I got nothing on that reply. But all, all I can say is, but for popular franchises, why is it just so much easier for them to do it? Well, I don't know. You, you, I think you're assuming that they were going to do it anyway, um, which may not be the case one bit. They may just say, "Hey, this is for Japan, and that's where it's going to stay." Um, but and, and so I could imagine that suddenly being, you know, having this um, thing, this localization come up like a, a child left on your doorstep that you now have to care for all of a sudden. I can imagine that being a little less. Uh, of course, this isn't a human being, um, but I can still imagine it being less than ideal, um, especially in the case of a smaller developer, which Square is not. But still, the the, the teams that download it, uh, the teams that download the still the teams that create it still have to watch over this and, and release patches, fix bugs. Now they have they can't do it for one; they have to do it for another. Um, any future content, they'll have to consider the new. Um, area as the, the new region as well. You know, any DLC they'll have to translate it into English as well, and they'll have to pay people to do all of that. Like, how how much do you think they paid people to to translate? Like, um, by American standards, uh, here in Florida, the minimum wage is like uh, what? They're about to bump the minimum wage to ten dollars here. So imagine you had to pay um, ten pay people ten dollars an hour to translate one point five million characters that's a heck of a lot of money and they would have to do that for all their content going forward. It's, it's, it's not as simple as just throwing the localization out there and saying, here you go. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. Well, Well, then how can they be done so easily for previous games though? Like, I mean, I did emulation for a while. There's a ton of Japanese games, especially RPGs that got fan translated. Mm-hmm. And no problems, right? I mean, if they can do it, these are fans. They're getting zero money for it, and they can do this with no problem. Then, what is the issue with trained professionals? If I can ask, when when were these games fan published? These are these are like old. These are like Super Nintendo. These are like PlayStation games. Okay, because back then we did not have the option to do DLC. We did not have the option to do patches. Um, we could just afford, to, or we had no choice. It's not that we could afford to, but back then we would release a game and it would be out there. So any new translations, any new whatever that happened to come in, you know, it's fine because you don't have at, you, at that point you don't have to add anything to it. It's already out there, so people can translate whatever the heck they want to. Nowadays, there's patches, there's bug fixes, there's DLC. Again, you cannot just release a game and say, we're done. Um, Well, I guess you can, and and many many publishers and and developers do, but for a lot of games, you have to keep an eye on it afterward nowadays. Um, Yeah, but when you talk about bugs, I mean, there are bugs in the older games, but it's just a straight, here's straight dialogue swap is all it is. Dialogue swap? It's just a straight dialogue swap. Like, what is? Why is it so hard to just do a straight dialogue swap? As in, take out the Japanese dialogue, like language, just put in the English language. Like, I honestly don't think a lot of people are going to care about the bugs. 
so much. Like Will changing the language, the characters you see, like the written characters create all these bugs. No, it shouldn't. It's just a straight dialogue swap. That's what all these fan translations are, really. Is just at least on the emulators, it's just a straight dialogue swap. But I, I don't think it's all about. But I'm not. I'm not claiming to be the video game developer whisperer or anything. Like I, it. I, I'm pretty sure that if I took a look at Square's clipboard and saw why they really said no, it might have absolutely nothing to do with what I'm saying. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think that in this case it, it would be about bugs, just about bugs. You know, there's, there's also region and, and how, how will this sell in this region? Will we, can we make money off this region? Is it possible that we could decide to release in this region in the future? How will releasing this, uh, fan thing affect our sales? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I can think of, I can think of a bunch of different factors that could go into the decision, um, but I don't know if there was just yeah, one but, big reason why. Um, for for all I know, Square Enix well, or, could just or, have or, its for all I know, Square Enix could just have its thumb up its butt and just be saying, "Hey, we didn't make it, so we don't want it out there." You know, I don't know. Okay, but Ernest said this new one, like this this project for Final Fantasy Type Zero or Gary or Ernest, someone said it's just a download patch, right? Is all it is. So it just it's just basically a dialogue swap. So what is preventing? the companies from just releasing it as a patch, right? It's like, you know, they'll just be like, you know what? You want the game? Great. Here it is. It's digital. Mm-hmm. Here's your dialogue patch. It's done. People get it. Go to the Japanese store because it's digital. You can get it digitally. Here's your English patch. Finished. I mean, how much money does that take? to do that well I could that's already, what i want to know that's honestly what i want to know i think i could already see a problem with sony in that regard um because i'm pretty sure sony frowns upon switching stores to download an out of region game um i i know in fact i know sony doesn't like that they, they have them separated by region for a reason so i can already see you know square wouldn't want to take off sony in that regard um, that, that's a big, well, no, no it's just cause of taxes. No, but I mean, it's just like, okay, here's the game, right? It's only released in Japanese, right? You want the game, you got to buy it off of the Japan store at the Japan price. And then yes, but here's, here's the, the problem. Here's the problem. You're not Japanese. It's not con- You're not from Japan. Yeah. You're, it's not consumer. Ex- it's not consumer accessible either. Like I think the big thing is it's quality control, mm-hmm. you know? And it's their creation. They have a right to it. I mean, I if I put myself in Square's shoes, I just feel like, you know, big thing on this. I don't know if this is necessarily true. Like I, I would acknowledge, like, oh, I appreciate their effort, um, but I would still have concerns, especially if I was like really passionate about the project. Yeah, absolutely. And, and well, I get. I'm not. I'm not talking about like. In this case, I'm not being specific about this fan localization. I just mean localization in general. Like the company makes the localize makes the translation themselves and puts it up themselves is what I mean. Well, I mean, if they're going to do that, they're not. If they're going to do that, they're certainly not going to ask people to go to the Japan store to get it. That doesn't make any sense. They're going to give it a proper it's release. Cheaper. If it's all about. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's all about cheaper. money, though. It's cheaper. It doesn't matter if it's cheaper. They're not going to do that because that's not the official path that Sony would want them to do. 
if if you're going to release a game for the, an English country, if you're going to release a game for the North American region, then you're going to release it in the North American store. That's how it's set up. Like Sony's not going to backdoor its own policy just to give a few gamers some jollies playing the game. You know that that's that's just how it works. These things are separated by region, and though the PlayStation Four itself is a region-free device, and that it can play games from other regions, um, you know the PlayStation Store is separated like that for a region for a reason. And Sony's not just going to backdoor on that for just arbitrarily. Right, and I mean, there's a lot so of like, they already backdoored well. itself. What's that, Ernest? <laughs> there's a lot of you know. There's a lot of legal ramifications as well. Because, you know, let's say any sales of a game based on an anime, a lot of times there's the license owned by, you know, like Funimation or some other anime localization company. And they actually, you know, are supposed to, a lot of times, they get a chunk of sales of related media and merchandise and stuff because they own the rights in this North, North America or Europe. And so if they did it like that way, then they might, you know, bypass, especially the Japanese store way, then, you know, the the rights holder might not get the money that they're supposed to get, stuff like that. How would they, how would they not get the money, though? It's just, it's just messy, is how I see it, you know. Right, because I mean, like, right now, like, what's preventing me from buying... Assuming it was on the online store, I don't, I don't know if it is or not, but let's say, for example, Yakuza Ishin, right? Let's say, because I have a Japanese PSN account. So I go to the Japanese PSN account right now. I say, click buy Yakuza Ishin. I can play it. It's done, right? I just can't read it, right? So I bought the game. I bought it at the Japanese price. It's mine. It's everything. So, and then Sega's like, well, here's the English patch to it. Or something like I know you're talking about backdooring, but it's Sony's already backdoored itself because we have to make all these accounts. I mean, uh, games are cheaper in the what you, U.S. Wait, what do you mean? So you if have people to don't make, care. Hold on. What do you mean you have to make all these accounts? Right. You, you have to make all these accounts. Like people make all these accounts anyways. Like some games, like you say, are only in different stores. You're not so you supposed have to make to, accounts listen, for them anyway. What I'm trying to say is you're not supposed to. That's not what PSN is designed to do, or SEN, whatever they call it. That's not what it's designed to do. You're designed to have an, it's designed to give you one account in your region. That's it. People make other accounts and do other things, but they're not doing what Sony wants them to do. Yeah, but that's BS because Yoshida himself has said he has multiple accounts. So if the dude at the top of the chain has said it, then it's a total BS excuse. Well, he is. It doesn't make any sense. He's Japanese and he does business in America. I would expect him to have multiple accounts. But. It, but it doesn't make any sense if it's you're only supposed to have one account for your region. I mean, Dane, like, here's what I'm, here's this. We're not going to figure out, like, hammer out all the details of this. This just is what it is. It's a business decision. Okay, so obviously, fans, this is a heated topic between all of us. So let <laughs> us know your thoughts. Tweet us at the RDGH. And let us know your thoughts about it. And we'll talk about it on the next episode. Because I think we should 
waylay this into or parlay this into something hold else on, on, before on. we turn the entire show into yes um before we leave this topic i'm gonna link you guys yeah. a video and if you can please put it into um the the, the post when this goes live um, i'm gonna link you a video of a fan-made <laughs> sonic adventure this guy remade it he did it by himself one guy the moment it hit the internet, Sega shut him down like instantly, and then they released uh, Sonic, the, the Sonic remake episode one, I believe, is what it was. Um, I just wanted want, want you guys to see it and tell me if they should have given this guy a job or not. <laughs> well, I mean, is this the one that I saw? This I think I'm not gonna ruin it, but for the fans, but if this is what I think it is. That was super creative, but really disturbing. <laughs> I, I don't is think it, it is. Think it is, Gary? I don't think okay. so. I don't see anything disturbing about it. But okay, I just so it's want... not the one where that you you lose all the time, where it's like there's like a like a demon Sonic that's chasing you. No, he he literally went in and recreated the entire first, I think, two or three levels of Sonic Adventure, the first Sonic game. Uh, it's still 2D with 3D sprites, so just check it out. It's incredible. Okay, because okay, I saw on an episode of um, AVGN, Angry Video Game Nerd, and he does this other show where he just plays games, and some fan sent him like a bunch of Sonic games that he made. Uh, and one of them's like where you're Sonic and you're going through the stage like normal, but there's this demon Sonic who chases you, and if he if he catches you, you die. Like the game's over. So <laughs> no, I thought that's no, what you were is... talking about. Okay, so, shake... so there we go. All right. Okay, now we can. Okay, so Sorry. then fans, let us know at the RDGH. Uh, what you think about this uh, this new Sonic video? Right. Uh, okay, so Glenn, this is the topic you wanted to talk about. Uh, Xbox One sales doubled in June. Right. So Xbox is making its big push into Sony's territory. It's trying to make up ground against the juggernaut at the PlayStation 4. Let me let me pause you right there. It is actually not in Sony's territory yet at all. Um, see, uh, Xbox One, um, the sales for the Xbox One doubled, but they are still not at the level of BPS4, according to these numbers um, released by Forbes. Uh, apparently there was a leak of NPD sales figures. Uh, and what Forbes is saying is that for June, the PlayStation 4 was on top with 269,000 sold. And the Xbox One was at 197,000 sold at um, number two, just above the 3DS, the Wii U, 360, PS3, and Vita in that order. Um, so if the Xbox One's sales have doubled at 197,000, then half that is 90, uh, 98 and a half. So that, that would mean that... For May, it had sold 98,500 98, or so consoles. And then it doubled this year to get almost 200,000. Or this month, this year. <laughs> so um, the doubling, I mean, that's fantastic, but it is not quite at the PS4's number just yet. 
because 269,000 sales is still pretty stellar. And how many did the PS4 sell again? 269,000. 269,000. So, yeah, that's about 100 more. So, that is a good... That is a good leap. So what caused that leap, did it say? What, for the Xbox? Yeah, for the Xbox. What made it jump up? Like, what made it double? No connect! Well, I mean, yeah, let, let's pause for a second before I say anything. Like, what, what do you think um, led the Xbox One to this greater success? I have is no that a clue, question? to be honest. Oh. You have no clue? Well, let's see. It's been... No, I honestly don't follow Xbox. Clearly. I mean, um, let's see. Well, it's been disconnected, for one. Um, there's a lower... <laughs> there's a lower price point um, that matches that of its competition. Um, what else? It had a very strong E3, uh, which showed a lot of new games, um, most of which were not exclusive, but still, new games. Uh, that's what you want. It doesn't. They don't have to be exclusive. They just have to be good games. Um, so I think those are some pretty good reasons why uh, the price point has jumped. My question is: Is it sustainable? Is it just like a bunch of people who are like, "Oh, well, I'll buy it when the price drops," and now that the price drops, they see a spike in sales and it goes back down again? Or will the Xbox One manage to keep these uh, sales going forward? Um, I think they'll be able to keep them going forward. I think a lot of people, um, not just because of price, but a lot of people were kind of, you know, they, they bought the PS4 first. Maybe now they have more money. And, yeah, the price is now 100 bucks cheaper. It's the same price as PS4. They're like, oh, I can now go and buy the Xbox One as well, you know. So uh, I could see, uh, if not increasing, actually, in sales. So... Yeah, there is there is one cool thing. Um, up until now, the Xbox One has been third behind the Wii U as far as next generation console sales. This effectively bumps it into second place. Uh, the Wii U sold 140,000 units um, in June, according to these numbers. Um, again, I would take these with a little salt because they aren't the official numbers. This is just a leak. Um, that Forbes is talking about. I, actually, I think Forbes got it from somewhere else, too. Um, oh, that's why. Forbes Forbes got it from Thuway, our favorite um, <laughs> industry insider person who decided to post this on Twitter. Um, so I'm sure that NPD is thrilled with him for that. But, um, yeah, at 98.5 thousand units per month, the Xbox One would in indeed be behind the Wii U, um, making it third in the race. However, the Wii U's at 140,000 and the Xbox One's at 197,000. If this keeps up, then it will outsell the Wii U. Well, I don't think that's a very difficult feat to, to you know, outpace the Wii U at this point. But Well, I mean, uh, up until now, Xbox One wasn't going to do it because they weren't selling as fast as the Wii U. Um, in order to pass someone, you have to move faster than they do. And the Xbox One was at 98,000. The Wii U was at 140,000, um, thanks in part to Mario Kart, which is still 
ridiculous if you're, uh, what you had to say earlier is to be believed. But um, now it's actually selling faster than the Wii U, so now it's on track to pass it. Uh, I, what, is, what does the Wii U have sold? Uh, six million? Six something? I million? don't know. Total? Yeah. I'll check it out. Give me a moment. Give you a moment. Okay. So, um, uh, again, wait until the official numbers come out. Not that we don't like or dislike Thuway, but uh, insiders aren't always right. Um, he also talks about year-to-day figures, um, that saying that the Xbox One is not trailing the PS4 quite as badly in the U.S. as it is worldwide. Um, year-to-date so far, it shows the PS4 at 1.5 million units. And the Xbox One at um, 1.1 million units. Uh, so that is a, definitely a lesser gap than we've known so far. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good news for Microsoft. I mean, they're finally getting their head together. I mean, uh, even recently, I think as of I think yesterday or the day before, they announced that they're closing down their Xbox Entertainment division. Really? So they're... Yeah, they're not going to have that Quantum Break TV series that ties in with the game. The Halo TV series isn't coming. Oh, so, well, that's, that, to, to be honest, I feel kind of sad. Well, maybe the, the, Halo, the Halo one may still be coming because Steven Spielberg is involved with it. Oh, okay. But as far as other original shows that they're planning, those that's not coming. So I think they're now just they're, they're realizing they, they're going to have to focus on games what, what rather it? than... Let me be honest, the idea of the shows is not a bad idea. It just was certainly not presented in the right way, at the right time, on the right device. Um, so to me, it's kind of sad to hear that they're going away. I mean, that they still would have been pretty cool to have. But all of that said, I'm glad Don Matrick's gone. Um, <laughs> I, I'm really glad that Phil Spencer's taking the reins. And I think he's doing an absolutely stellar job. Um, Xbox needed a face. Xbox really needed a face. PlayStation has Shuhei Yoshida, uh, Jack Tretton when he was around. PlayStation has always had a face to the brand, and now finally they have Phil Spencer. Don Matrick wasn't going to do it. I'm sorry, Don Matrick. That guy's face is sleazy. Like, you look at that guy, and it's like, I don't like him. I, well, not, not I don't like him, but I don't, I don't trust what he has to tell me. And that said, Phil Spencer, there's no... He's a businessman himself. There's no reason to uh, inherently trust him but um, as anything more than a businessman. But he does have that kind of persona as, you know, I can take the reins and I can be the face and the leader of this, comp of, of this division, of this company, um, which Xbox needed. And he's doing a marvelous job. Um, the Xbox Except in South Park. Except in – wait, what? Except in South Park. He was in Spencer South Park? was not the man in South Park. Ah. Ernest, back me up on this. You remember Black Friday? What about Black Friday? You remember right? the Black Friday South Park episode of Bill Spencer getting axed Wait. by Bill Gates in that episode. That wasn't Phil Spencer, though. Wasn't Phil Spencer? I thought it was, it was Phil Spencer. Who no, was it? It was, it was, it was Steve Ballmer, the uh, former oh, CEO. Okay, never mind that. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had just a little, 
little little tidbit also. Uh, yeah, the Halo series is still happening. Yeah. They're, they've okay. already been working on that, so. Oh, okay. And, I mean, that's, like, that's big enough where I think they're like, yeah, we can we can still let it go on, because it'll, it'll do well for it, so. I yeah, but, but I, the, this news right here is also interesting to me, because with this shutting down now, and with Quantum Break was supposed to tie in with the TV show, I wonder if they fell into trouble with it now, and that's why they didn't show it or even talk about it at E3. So it kind of makes you wonder what happened with that game, because that whole game was centered around the same as the TV show. So let's see what happens. I think it was a little presumptuous of Microsoft to launch a TV show about a new IP. Um, I mean, I I think collector's editions are bad enough as it is, but... um, I mean, a, a TV show about something we've never seen before, something that we're just barely invested in. Uh, because, I, I mean, that, that's, that's really presumptuous. Uh, a TV show would work for Halo because it's a beloved franchise. Um, a, a TV show would work for Uncharted. Uh, uh, a TV show would work for even Infamous. A, a TV show would work for uh, all sorts of games, but games that are already established. I don't know what about this TV show or what about Quantum Break um, made them think that uh, it would be a great TV show. They haven't really said much about Quantum Break, so they haven't given anyone a reason to be as invested in Quantum Break as to take uh, take note of a, t- a whole TV series about it. I mean, how, how many TV so- Are you guys following any TV series right now? I am. Yes, uh, gang-related. How many? About, that is the best TV show in a long time. How many? About how many different <laughs> TV series are you following right now? I'm yeah. following. Uh, Sorry, go ahead, Dane. Then there's silence. Um, <laughs> I'm following that's still in production. Um, I got gang related, which has to be still debuted this year. Uh, oh really? Yeah. Well then, I can't count. So, I mean, that are still being made. Like, yeah. let's just say the season might be over, but are still being made. Okay. I got Gang Related. I got Hell's Kitchen. I got The Mentalist, NCIS, Law and Order, SVU, uh, Game of Thrones. And there was another one, which I'm forgetting. Um, but Gang Related is better than Game of Thrones. Yeah. I'm going to get hate for that, but holy crap, I'm loving that show. It is The Godfather meets Infernal Affairs, wow. the TV show. It is awesome. And, and what about Can't Gary? wait. I'm watching it. You're watching it now? Like as we No, speak. I'm watching it after this is oh, over. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was going to watch it after this is over. What, what about you, Gary? So, I'm watching quite a bit. Um, I'm following and still waiting uh, Arrow. Uh, yes. Flash yes. Arrow. Good. <laughs> yeah, the Flash TV show is coming out. Yes, uh, the Flash TV show. Gotham is coming out in in October. Uh, I'm gonna watch that. Um, Constantine is coming out in October, which I'm super excited for. He's one of my favorite characters. Um, True Detectives is an amazing show for HBO. Um, waiting for that. Game of Thrones, just like Dane. Um, I still watch The Walking Dead. I still like The Walking Dead. I know a lot of people are like on the hate bandwagon for that show right now. Um, there's a lot of shows, you know. Uh, Sleepy Hollow is coming back. I really like that show on Fox. 
Uh, a lot of shows got canceled that I'm still pissed off about, but I'll still love them. And I still kind of, you know, I still watch Buffy. I don't care what anybody says. I love Buffy. <laughs> what about <laughs> pretty much anything Joss Whedon has made? I I have loved. So. <laughs> and what about Ernest? What about you? Uh, let me think here. They're all anime, aren't Brooklyn. they? <laughs> no, no, they aren't. I'll, I'll name off the non-anime ones. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, those burgers. I watch. Um, I'm gonna. I'm interested in watching Gotham when that comes out. Right. Uh, but yeah. yeah, the rest are gonna be like Sailor Moon Crystal. Um, I still need to finish up No Game, No Life, and then there's just like a bunch of other anime. Yeah. So, and then for me, let's see, we've got Hell's Kitchen, um, Big Brother, which is just the stupidest show ever, but I, I like the game. Um, <laughs> Big Brother. Uh, Hell's Kitchen, Big Brother, Suits. I love Suits. Um, what else? Now, I had them all in my head until I had to speak, and now I can't remember half of them. <laughs> but uh, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, I love that. I've been watching Last Comic Standing, which feels like the laziest reality show I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> America's Got Talent, So You Think You Can Dance, um, Master Chef, I love Master Chef. So, you know, and, and meanwhile, I've got all sorts of other stuff that I've got going on. So, my point in all this. So, you're talking about TV shows now, Glenn. I got to go. A segue into this. But I wasn't. What, what about a persona for Golden? Uh, but I wasn't. Okay. I thought you were watching that. No. Um. Yes and no. Now and then, the, there is a new persona for Golden anime out. Oh, Fairy Tale is another one. Speaking of anime, I love Fairy Tale. Um. But Persona for Golden, the anime, the animation, is okay. The thing about Persona for Golden, the animation, is it is not like Persona for the animation. Um, which in part I'm glad for because they've already told the same story like 50 times now. Um, I mean, we've had Persona 4, then we've had Persona 4 the animation, we've had Persona 4 Golden, now we have Persona 4 Golden the animation. They don't need to keep telling the same story, and they haven't. Um, basically, it is kind of the same story, but they tell it a different way. My All I'm going to say here is watch Persona 4 Golden the animation. Definitely watch it. But do not watch it expecting it to be exactly like the game. Um, or exact, like not even, it's not even like Persona 4 or Golden. They change some stuff. Um, they change the way things happen. Uh, they don't really change what happens, they just change the way things happen. And um, one thing that kind of makes me sad about it is it all happens kind of fast. But um, that aside, definitely check it out. Um, but my, my point in all this is... I've already got a bunch of shows going on. Um, so if you tell me, hey, there's a new show based on a game that you've never heard of and that we're not going to tell you all that much about for a long time yet, I'm not that interested. You know, I'm good. I don't need it. <laughs> I don't need it. I don't. Not that interested. They haven't really given anyone a reason to be so invested in Quantum Break that they want to see a TV show about it. Um, I, I'm sure it's cool, but save the TV show thing for another time. Save it until Quantum Break 2, you know? Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see that... I mean, they've, they've 
closed that part of their work down, I think it, it really speaks to their refocusing and um, how much they, they're now paying attention to their gaming audience, which is quite frankly what Microsoft should have been doing from the start. Uh, what do you guys? How do you guys? I feel, feel? bad for the. I feel bad for the eighteen thousand people that got hacked from their jobs because of that. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. It's um, a lot. Although technically, the article says twenty-five percent of them have to re can can get their jobs back. That's still a lot of people that are losing their jobs because Xbox. What you, wait, what do you mean get their? Well, job? if they're shutting down the division. How can they get their jobs back if they're shutting down? Well, the uh, from the artic- from what the article says, is employees will have to reapply for the other twenty five percent of jobs that are still going to be around. Oh, okay. So, uh, Microsoft will be laying off as many as seventy five percent of its full time employees at its Xbox EMEA business in Reading, according to sources who spoke with MCV UK. Employees will have to reapply for the other twenty five percent of jobs. UK Xbox team will also see 10 of its employees as well as all of the contractor roles laid off. Yeah. End quote from an article. So, which sucks because that's a lot of freaking jobs. That is. That is. So, um, uh, I'm surprised they can't just make games with those. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> make I mean, games. Make buy, games a, buy a studio. People. Buy a studio or two. Uh, start a studio. That's it. Yeah. They, they could have just taken that whole studio and turned it into a gaming studio. They could have. And they have another first-party, specifically first-party studio for themselves. They, they, games. they could have done that, but, well, you know, maybe, who knows, maybe it's in the cart. I mean, shutting down, this, shutting down the entertainment division doesn't mean, like, the building's gone and everything. They, if they wanted to, they still could do something like that. Um, although I think one of the bigger questions here is how is the Xbox One doing now in comparison to the PS4? How, is it selling faster than the PS4? Does it now have a shot at passing the PS4 with these new sales figures? Um, the ad- okay, I'll give you the updated figures. I'll give you the updated totals that I was searching for. Um, PlayStation 4, as from VGCharts.com, take it with a grain of salt, uh, <laughs> PlayStation 4 has 8.39 million units sold. Uh, Wii U has 6.58 million units sold. Xbox One has 4.83 million units sold. Uh, Keep in mind that Xbox One has not released in Japan or a lot of other regions yet. So how much that affects it, who knows? They're not going to affect it at all. The Xbox One sold like 100-something units last week. You know, I mean, that's not... The 360, right? The 360, that's what I meant. Like, Xbox is not big in Japan. I'm sorry, it's just not. Um, the, 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 the regions that but, it hasn't released in are its worst regions. It's not going to magically get a ridiculous amount of sales... Um, just from its worst regions, um, but uh, well, it'll sell a little, it'll close the gap a little bit, but not a lot, but a little. The um, the thing is, the P- Xbox One has not yet reached a level of sales where it um, can pass the PS4. So PS4 fanatics, you're safe. You don't have to have any nightmares yet. 
Um, uh, the uh, uh, like again, I um, again, it's just kind of a rule. In order to pass something, you have to move faster than that something. And the Xbox One's not selling faster than the PS4 as of yet. Um, but it has; it's getting better. That's that's what it needs to do. It needs to get better so that it can at least have a shot of, of catching up, uh, which it's trying its best to do. Um, yes, Gary. I was gonna say it. It might have a chance come the holiday, and I know you probably won't agree with me on this, but the Halo Master Chief Collection is gonna move a lot of units for Microsoft. No, so I don't think it is. I doubt it. I th- but the I agree. I agree with Gary. Them, That's gonna sell like hotcakes. The game. I yeah. think the game. The game will sell like hotcakes. Um, but I don't see a lot of people dropping for like. I mean, yeah, it's it's going to get a spike in sales, but I don't see going forward a lot of people dropping four hundred dollars to play games that they can already play on their Xbox three sixties. Um, I mean, it didn't work with Titanfall. Uh, Titanfall was a huge one, and that was like the Xbox One game, and you know it hit and it didn't do very much for the Xbox One, unfortunately. Um, but, okay, but Ga- uh, Gary, not- just to confirm something, is the Master Chief Special Halo Edition thing, is that like Xbox One only? Yes, it is. That's the difference. Right? Not to cut you off there, Glenn, sorry, but I knew where you were going, no. and that's <laughs> why I think it's going to sell units, because it's, it's not, Xbox it's- One exclusive. It's not going to sell units because the game's not an Xbox One exclusive. I mean, those games have been out for a long time on the 360. And I don't... Yeah, but... I, but I the thing see, is, but I don't see a lot of people going out to buy, to spend hundreds of dollars on these games. Yes, at first, again, it's going to be a nostalgia sales spike, is what it's going to be. But there's no way they can get consistent sales going forward of units, not of games, not of the game itself but of Xbox Ones because of this game. But the thing is, they are pretty much remaking and rebuilding to a certain degree what is what people pretty much consider the greatest Halo, and that's Halo 2. And that's pretty much what I'm assuming everybody's buying that for, yeah. is for the remastered version of Halo 2. Well, they'll 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 sell some units. They'll sell some units, but I don't see it making. I see it making more of a ripple than a wave. I'll put it that way. But here's the problem. I think this is going to be a problem for not only Microsoft, and but also a problem for Sony, and that's Nintendo and Super Smash Brothers. Super Smash Look Brothers at what is going to be huge. Mario Kart has done for Nintendo for the last two three months. Xbox One can't pass Nintendo right now. I, that's what you said, right? They're behind the Wii U right now. They were. Even with they're, their sales. Now they're ahead of the Wii U. Okay. The, the Wii U's at 140,000. Weekly sales. In weekly sales. Weekly I don't know about weekly sales. I'm talking about the June numbers. Okay. Uh, but they weren't last month. They were not um, last month. No. Seeing what Mario Kart has done for Nintendo, Smash Brothers is probably going to be double what Mario Kart has done. Absolutely. With the exception of the fact that it's also on the 3DS. 
and that the 3DS version's coming first. As a matter of fact, I won't be surprised if the 3DS was the the highest selling system this holiday season. It's already one of the highest selling systems. It's third just behind the Xbox One, which is remarkable considering how old it is. So I think come the holiday, just because of that one game, I think both Sony and and Microsoft are going to have to watch out let me for be, Nintendo. Let me be honest. I don't think that... I mean, this holiday season is going to be ridiculous. Um, we've got like yes. 50 games coming out on the same day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think there, there's just too much happening this holiday season for us to be able to say, hey, this these units are selling because of this game. Um, I, I, there, there's just too much going on. I mean, in, in addition to the Master Chief Collection, Fable Legends looks amazing, Forza Horizon 2, Scalebound, uh, Crackdown. Uh, again, Microsoft had a strong E3 press conference, and a lot of games were announced, not just Halo. And so there's, I don't think there's going to be a way to say, hey, this, we owe this success to Halo. Because there's just so much going on, and the same for the other, the same for the other guys. I mean, um, uh, Nintendo has Super Smash Brothers coming out. They're going to be getting ready to launch Star Fox, and you know, people are going to buy a, ref- uh, uh, a Wii U for Christmas to get some of the games coming out next year. Star Fox being one of them. A new Zelda coming out. Uh, Project Cars is coming to Wii U in 2015. I mean, there's there's just too much going on. Uh, so even if the we even if the mas- even if I'm totally wrong and the Master Chief Collection ends up being what moves all the units this holiday season, we probably won't know that for sure just because there's so much going on. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. There's so many coming out. People are going to have to pick and choose what they want, and I think people are going to go with the game that gives you five games rather than the game that just gives you one, even if they've already played those games before. I doubt that. Just because of that last bit you said there, they've already played those games. And there's so many new games coming out that they want to play. That I, I feel like, I mean, if it were me, and I'm getting an Xbox, if I'm going to go to the store tomorrow and buy an Xbox One, and Master Chief Collection's available, and sitting next to them are games like Forza and Fable Legends, I'm going to go for one of the newer games, because I've already played the Halos. And I'll probably get them when I get... I'll probably get Halo another time when I get my next paycheck, when I get my Christmas money, you know. I'll, I'll save that for later because I've already played it, but there are new games here that I'm itching to play and that I haven't played before. Yeah, here's here's the one flaw in that, though, is... It, for, for that logic, Glenn, is there are lots of games that people still rebuy even though it's the same bloody game. Last of Us is I one mean, of them. you look at... You look at no, not even Last of Us. I'm talking about just in terms of series. I mean, why keep buying a new Call of Duty? It's the exact same game. Why keep buying a new Halo? It's the exact same thing. Why buy a new sports game? I mean, there's really not much difference between Madden 14, 13, and 12, mm-hmm. right? So, but people still keep buying them every time because it's there's just that little bit of freshness of something they like, and if what Gary was saying is completely true where it's a totally remastered revamped version of Halo 2 which is what made the Xbox 360 then it was the Xbox 360 right Gary was the I Xbox think Halo 2 came out on the Xbox it was original Xbox okay. so anyway November 2000 
Okay, so then they're going to be like, oh, it's the game that I loved with a new shiny coat of paint that the, my servers aren't going to die anytime soon for it. So that will, will sell units, and people will do it because people have already done it. So if I'm Dawn a- of Pokemon, look at Pokemon. Pokemon's the same every year. A couple new Pokemon, but it's basically the same game. If I'm, so- a, if I'm a new Xbox fan, but Halo's not Pokemon. I'm sorry. You can't. You can say that they're trying to do the same thing with it, but Halo is not Pokemon. There's no like. If you went and did the same thing with Halo that Pokemon does, sure you might get good results, but they are not going to be on the same level. Period. Pokemon is. T- so what I what I mean, what I mean is it's just another series that just redoes, rehashes the same formula verbatim every year. Mm-hmm. But it still sells like hotcakes. That's all I mean by that. If I'm the people who buy, um, the the people who run out and buy the Halo Master Collection right away, and, and buy an Xbox One so that they can play the Halo Master Collection, um, how those people are going to be a people who have played the previous versions already, b people who wanted to but never got the chance to. Um, if I'm a, if I'm new to Xbox, if I'm a new, if I'm a more recent Xbox gamer, chances are I haven't played Halo or I've played one of the more recent Halos that have not, that just weren't as good, quite frankly. Um, you know, if, if I'm one of those guys, like from, from the 360 forward, from after, especially from after Bungie left forward, um, if I'm one of those guys, you know, part I can see a lot of people being less interested in playing, going back and playing the old game, even if it is remade. I'm confused. What do you mean? What do I mean? It's like I said before. There are so many new games out there. Yeah, but uh, and and what percentage? What percentage of the, these guys who buy this game for nostalgia? What um what? What percentage of these game? What what percentage of the people who buy this game are going to be from um, the the new crowd of Xbox gamers? Like basically, my point, my whole point, I can come up with a spin a bunch of different stuff, but my point is, I just don't think it's going to do as well as everyone's thinking. That's it. I don't know, Glenn. I know well, you don't I know. Mean, like that's been the true. whole point of the discussion for the last twenty minutes is you telling me that <laughs> you don't know. But I, if you look at the- <laughs> The, the Microsoft you, demographic. What, what kind of fan? What kind of fans play games on Microsoft? What, what 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 games are they buying the most of? Microsoft. What do you mean? What gamer? I don't know. How, like people who had a 360. People who chose Microsoft instead of Sony last generation. They want what were the guys selling games on that console? Shooters. And that's not going to change, man. There are other shooters. <laughs> Shooter. Listen, I don't. I'm not. Shooters are coming out this holiday season. You guys are throwing. You guys are throwing all sorts of different things at me. It's like I'm not. I don't. The shooter. Th- there are all sorts of different shooters, and I'm. I'm not going to go buy Halo because it's a shooter. I don't care. I want a good game. I don't, I don't freaking care if it's a shooter. I don't care if it's a racer. I want a good game, and I, and I know that not everyone's like that. But uh, the fact that it's a shooter, and especially nowadays, shooters are falling out of style. Um, they're falling out of the fad. Everyone's starting to go like, "Oh, another shooter! Great!" You know, uh, the sh- I don't think that Halo's going to do well just because it happens to be a shooter. Uh, 
the the demographic that I've noticed people who play Microsoft love shooters. They don't care for the RPGs. They don't care for the sports games or the racing games or anything like that. They're gonna go for the shooters. But if but doesn't listen, matter. But what listen Microsoft. to what you just said. I mean, there there are other shooters. You know, I'm not gonna, yes, but I'm not gonna buy. But the known shooter. They're going to go with the known shooter rather than an unknown shooter. Oh my goodness. I'm tired of arguing about this. I'm, 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 no, you're you just laughing. Just Glenn have a mental breakdown. No, I'm, you're laughing, but I'm serious. I'm trying to tell you, I don't think it's going to be as good as everyone says. That's it. That's it. Like you, I'm, I'm giving you all my reasons, and it's like, you know, oh, but this, oh, but that. And it's like, I don't, I just still, I don't think it's going to do as well as it is. That's it. I mean, that's... That's just it. You know, I, I, I told you a number of reasons. I told you, hey, I think it's just a nostalgia shot. It's going to get a spike of sales, but it's not going to be what consistently drives sales forward. And nothing I've heard so far has changed that idea. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm tired of our, We've spent like 20 minutes. I've, I'm sorry, guys. Like we, we've spent- I, I want Ernest. I want Ernest's take on this because Ernest has been quiet. He's been waiting in the weeds, camping. Let Ernest out, talk. Trying I, I to get a sniper shot at us. I need some water. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, it's not going to sell incredibly. I mean, Halo Combat and Evolve Anniversary didn't sell incredibly. Uh, you know, it's going to help push some console sales, but not a whole lot. It's not Halo 5. Halo 5, you know, if it ends up being really great and looks amazing, then I'm sure that'll really be a uh, one of those system-selling games. But I don't think ha- this Halo Master Chief collection necessarily will be. Um, uh, I, I just want to point out that I'm excited for it, uh, largely because it has online multiplayer for all four of the games, uh, which... It, I think a lot of people don't know about. A lot of people just assume it's just Halo 2 anniversary multiplayer and the rest are campaign. Uh, so, I mean, it's, uh, Wait, are, if you're are a big Halo adding, fan, you're a big... What? What was that? Oh, are they adding online multiplayer to the first Halo? Yes, they are. Ooh, that's pretty cool. And I don't know. I, don't, I know, and I don't know why they haven't been making a big deal that... Uh, bigger deal that all four games are getting online multiplayer because that's huge. Uh, you know, I don't know why yeah. they're not advertising that more. Maybe they will be at uh, Gamescom and closer to launch. But still, I I didn't know about that until like a week or so ago when I was just reading up on it and some interviews and stuff. And I was like, wow, that's that's awesome. And yeah, that's all, the, cool. uh, all the all the games. I like how will, uh, this topic. Go ahead, Ernest. Uh, all the games will. Oh yeah, and also all yeah, all the games will have online multiplayer. Um, so with Halo Two, it's Halo Two Anniversary. Yeah, will have its own like separate multiplayer uh, room because they will also have because they're not remaking all the multiplayer maps. So they'll also just have all the you know original upresed, of course, but you know not enhanced as much as the anniversary uh, maps there. And so all four games will have every single multiplayer map. Uh, even the ones from like Halo PC and Halo Two Vista PC, all the DLC maps, just uh, it's it's a tremendous value. Go buy it. I, I love how like this Halo. is. I love how this is the one episode that gives Glenn a mental breakdown. 
No, I'm not having a mental breakdown. So I'm just tired of talking about the same thing for 20 minutes. Um, but I, I go I'll, with the joke, Glenn. I'll Don't s- ruin the joke. I'll say that it's. I'll say that I agree with Ernest in that Halo Five, if it's good, I think will be a system seller. I think people. I think more people will buy an Xbox One for Halo Five than people will buy an Xbox One for the Halo Master Chief Collection. I think that will Definitely. be. I think that will be. The, I think the people that buy an Xbox One for the Xbox Master Chief Collection will be diehard Halo fans or people who um, are, are people who already were planning to buy an Xbox One, no matter what, and are just like, oh, Halo Master Chief Collection. Guess now's the time to get it. Um, I don't think anyone's going to be like, oh, hey, I'm on. The, I bought a PS4, but hey, guess what? Halo Master Chief Collection's out. Guess I better spend four hundred bucks on an Xbox One. I don't think that's going to happen. Halo Five will be the system seller. Halo Master Chief Collection will be the nostalgia spike. That's my that's my vote. Yep, and let's move on. <laughs> so if you if you have a comment about this very heated debate, heated debate number two, tweet us at the RDGH, and also let us know at the RDGH what topic you think will make Glenn have a mental breakdown next. <laughs> the commissioner's job has been very stressful for him today. Huh? I'm about to so, fire let's uh, let's end let's, let's end I'm about to call on a more a more funny note. Let's end on a more funny note. I'm hoping it's going to be funny cuz Ernest, I want your opinion on this cuz you're the otaku guy. Oh my gosh. So you're a uh, resident otaku. Right. And and oh, I, okay. I want to know because we were talking about localizations for so long, we almost came to blows with that. So, Akiba's trip, undead and undressed, is getting localized. It's coming to the PS3 and PS Vita this autumn. And to quote the article on PSU.com, developed by Tenchu creator Acquire, Akiba's trip is set in the reimagined location of Akihabara, Tokyo's popular electric town district. It involves players identifying vampires and fighting against them in order to force them to strip so their bodies are exposed to sunlight. The open-world action RPG will feature over 130 real-life Akihabara shops that the player is able to visit, a cast of popular anime characters, and multiple ways to progress in the storyline. The combat system has been described as unique, with players able to strip items from enemies and add them to their inventory, as well as use unique items such as comics and motherboards to destroy the undead plague and discover what's really going on in the streets of Akihabara. So, obviously, the big white elephant in the room for this one is the fact that when you hit enemies, they lose their clothes. So, this is a very Japanese type of game. Not so, all Ernest, my question Not for all you... Wait a second, this doesn't happen for you guys in real no. life? I wish. Right? <laughs> I wish, but no. Um, no, yes, that's right, Ernest. This is not a rated A game. This is rated, I don't know what it's rated. I'm guessing T or M. Probably M. One of those two. So they don't go fully nude. It's probably M. But uh, my question to you, Ernest, is how well do you think this is going to go over in North America? And how long before it gets lambasted by the media? Two questions. Hmm. Hmm. 
Um, I just it's it's such a small title, and it's like it's not it's not the worst game to come out of Japan. Um, I think that would have to go to Rayplay, which was the uh, what? PC game that where you like got to choose to rape a mom or her two daughters and what? I think there was even like online multiplayer so you could literally like gangbang and wait uh yeah no. it was like on the news it was on like CNN and stuff no why would you make a game like that's that is I, such a bad idea I don't know um but that's yeah that's bad. like the worst that is a uh, terrible never, idea that's an awful who? Yeah, I want to go. I, I don't even work for these people, and I want to go fire whoever came up with that one. Yeah, like that's... I, I, I want to march into their studio and just point at him and say, "You're fired," and then leave with explosions behind me, sunglasses on head. Exactly. Like, yeah. That... Uh... <laughs> Terrible. So yeah, I don't know. Like, there's just been like so much worse. Where it's like this is just yeah you. You just take off their clothes. They're stuck in their lingerie. But, I mean, how's that? There's so much, you know, fetishization and just, like, objectification of women in, like, existing games. You know, there's women are in Keep in mind, it's not just women. Games. It's men and women. So it's not it, yeah, gender it is diverse. Yeah. I don't get that. Like, well, there was this comedian so, I was watching on, I think it was on Last Comic Standing. And he said... Uh, he said something that kind of sums this up. He said, um, when women flash, it's girls gone wild. When men flash, it's America's most wanted. That's awesome. Mm. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, there's a, there's a double, it's in like homosexuality too. Like apparently lesbianism is a okay. Like it, it's, it's homosexuality one way or another, but between women just perfectly fine. Between men, oh my goodness, kill them. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Do, so tell me this, do they sparkle? Oh, god damn it. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know, they uh, I, might. I don't remember. I don't remember them sparkling. <laughs> they just kind of look like regular people. Okay. Because so, so at first I was, like, I was playing the game... I did get to play this at E3, and I'm like, uh, they just had a very, like, a short demo, and I'm playing it, and I'm like, and I had to ask them, because they don't look like vampires, so I'm like, why am I, why am I stripping clothes off these people? They look normal. <laughs> like, that would be the weirdest thing. Like, what if you had to do that in real life? I mean, what if your only way to beat your enemy was to remove his or her clothes? How would you feel doing that? <laughs> It'd be difficult, I think, in real life, because, you know, in the game, it's just like, oh, yeah, you just do melee attacks, and it, like, affects the clothes, and it wears them off and stuff, but, I don't know, think about it in real life, taking off clothes, taking clothes off people, is, like, okay. it's not easy. It's like, okay, hold still. I'm trying, um, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure Don's tried, we'll have to ask him if he ever is back here. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm sure he's given it a go. Yeah, there should oh, be a video man. game cluster on uh, Akiba Trip. <laughs> yeah. Can, can I just say something? How the mighty have fallen in this situation. 
these are the guys who made Tenchu, and this is what they're doing now. Like, Tenchu was one of the best games on the PS1, and even on the PS2 when it came out with Wrath of Heaven. And this is what they're doing now? What the hell happened to that team? Well, they... I uh, think they're getting creative, man. They're just letting the, the, the juices go and just getting creative. Yeah. I mean, this is, the interesting thing is this isn't the worst thing. Like, I mean, if we're going to say this is like the sexuality is bad, if we're going to go on that trip, then this isn't the worst that's happening. I mean, Criminal Girls is getting localized. That's coming in the that's coming in the fall, and assuming that's not censored, that's basically the closest thing to an A game we're gonna get in a while. Hmm. If you know anything about that game at all, I'm not sure I've ever seen an A game. They don't come out. Oh, that's San Andreas came in. What is okay? Hold on a second. Gary will talk, and he will say, like, a whole bunch of stuff. And then Dane says, like, two words, and his voice, his his whole thing just overshadows Gary. How does that happen? Because I'm the host with the most. Like, I can hear Gary talking, <laughs> but all I can hear is Dane saying two words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm that awesome. I hate Go Canada. What were you Sorry, doing? Gary. I guess Russia's in the back seat. <laughs> Wait, didn't? Um, oh no, it was Russia that went out first. I was saying, um, didn't Russia outlast Canada in the latest hockey thing? Um, but what were you saying, Gary? Oh, now I don't remember. <laughs> oh man, I don't remember. It was. I blame. Sorry. I, I blame Dane. It was your fault, Dane. This is what happens when I'm the host, man. We just get off topic and stuff happens, and I just overpower everyone with my force of personality. I guess how, that's how it works. Like Dane, I'll, I'll hear Gary trying his best to say this whole paragraph of stuff, and Dane will just be like, um, yeah, I agree, and I won't hear anything the other person says. It's the weirdest thing. Um. And Ernest is just in the background being quiet. Yeah. Knitting a sweater or something. Knitting <laughs> a sweater. Knitting a sweater. Can't picture knitting a sweater. Hey, man, I've been on a persona fix, right? Kanji knits a lot of stuff. He makes a lot of cute things, that guy. And so on to the next topic, in other words. Yes, on to the next topic. Because that one was short and sweet. Apparently no one cares about Akiva's trip. Undead <laughs> and undressed. No one cares. Although I'll be the one reviewing it. So you'll find out my, my thoughts come the fall. Um, so Gary, uh, you wanted to talk about the Xbox. Sorry, not the Xbox. The um, top sales for the week. You had something on your mind about that. The week, I think it's for the month. I think you guys already touched on it. It's the June sales charts. Sorry, oh. yes, the June sales charts. Well, <laughs> dang, I'm sorry, Gary. I think we had the right, the same, the same kind of idea. Well, you're fine. You, like you just talked about the Microsoft thing, but we can talk about the games as well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. definitely, absolutely. So I, if you want, I can go and, and list them off right now. So uh, as of 
Go right June ahead. in the U.S. The top ten best-selling games in the U.S. of June. Uh, Watch Dogs is number one. That's across all platforms. These are all across platforms. Mario Kart 8 sitting strong at number two. Then we still have, incredibly, Minecraft is at number three. Um, EA Sports UFC is at number four. Um, FIFA 14 is number five, which is interesting because we're not very big on football or soccer here in the U.S. Uh, World Cup. Next to that, World Cup. (laughs) World Cup. Yeah, probably. NBA 2K14 is number six. Uh, Surprise to see this on the list. Wolfenstein The New Order is number seven, followed by, incredibly, followed by Call of Duty Ghosts at number eight. (laughs) Then uh, number nine is Tamadachi Life on the 3DS. I have no idea what that is. Yeah. And then at number ten, incredibly, at number ten, Grand Theft Auto V, over 10 plus million units sold. Mm-hmm. Sitting strong at number ten. I'm actually looking at the article you're looking at right now. It's on IGN, and um, I'm in, I'm interested in what it says after it lists those. It says the industry overall, when you take into account hardware, software, and accessories, grew twenty four percent year over year. Hardware sales were up a full one hundred percent year over year, while accessories grew a single percent. Nine out of the ten last months, uh, last ten months, saw year over year growth in new physical video game sales. NPD notes, and guys, let me just remind you that so many people are talking about how the video game industry is dying thanks to the um, at the hands of the mobile market. Um, this proves otherwise, and I. <laughs> I mean, mobile gaming is very different from this kind of gaming. It, it, it fills a special niche as far as gaming is concerned. Um, and so that's why I think these things can survive uh, as long as they, they manage this market properly. And so far they have been. This industry has been growing very nicely. Um, personally, I'm disappointed that Call of Duty Ghost is still even on the list. Um, especially since it came out so long ago. I, I'm, dis- I'm also disappointed. Um, uh, Gary, sorry to interrupt yes. you, Glenn. Uh, Gary, was that sorry. for June? That was June, right? Yes. This is for June. I- okay, because I was, I, I was looking at the charts for on VG charts, and as of July 5th, their, their global week, the top 10 is completely different. So that's weekly, I guess, not monthly. But the list is well. Like, you said global, so it could be different globally. This is U.S. only. This is North America. Yeah. Oh, that's U.S. only. Ah, uh, okay, that's U.S. only. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah. Do you want to know what the global list is? Out of curiosity, Let's compare and contrast. Sure. So should yeah. the global list. This is the weekly one as of July fifth. Mario Kart 8 is the first place. Then Tomodachi Life, Minecraft is number three. PS3 version. Uh, these are split up, I'm guessing. Um, Sniper Elite 3, Watch Dogs uh, for the PS4. 
Minecraft on the 360, Watch Dogs on the PS3, EA Sports UFC on the PS4, Freedom Wars on the Vita, and Pokemon XY on the 3DS. Really? So those are the, the weekly, yeah, that's the weekly top 10 global sales on VG charts that I'm looking at for July 5th. July 5th. And they broke it down by system. So that's interesting that the Xbox versions of Watch Dogs are not on that list. They're not in the top 10, but the PS4 and the PS3 ones are. I find it interesting that Pokemon XY is on there. I played Pokemon X. It wasn't that great. It's too easy. Japan, man. Maybe the Japanese are still buying it up. Guess so. Yeah. Guess so. Uh, since we're talking numbers, I did want to tell you guys and our viewers, um, Sony announced that The Last of Us has now sold over 7 million units. Congratulations to Naughty Dog. And it's not even out on the PS4 yet. No, it is not. And Japan is getting a PS4 uh, version. Uh, no, watch uh, Last of Us PS4 version. Oh, they're like the getting all the cool Yeah, they're getting a, a Last of Us PS4. That looks pretty sweet. Wow. In Japan. And uh-huh. Destiny 1 as well. So, they're getting yeah, the special Japan. <laughs> yeah. So then, viewers, tweet us at the RDGH. What special version of a system would you like to see come to the U.S.? Would you like to see a Last of Us, or would you like to see any other type of game that has some sweet artwork on the system? Right? So that is our show for the week. A very, very long show, like always, when we get the four of us together. Hey, Dan, uh, let, me, let me ask you Commissioner. Why, why, do sure. you, why do you call them viewers? Because they are viewers. <laughs> you, do, you do know this is an audio podcast, right? I <laughs> you know that. What? <laughs> what do you call them? I, I just call them gamers. Or, or listeners. Say viewers. Maybe I am wishing this is on the TV. I don't know, man. I just call them. Do you viewers. like point? Do you do you point at like in front of you, Dane, and like gesture? <laughs> do, do I have what, Ernest? Do you point and gesture while you speak? I, <laughs> like, like you're on like on camera. Like, do you get dressed up in a suit and tie and hold a microphone in your hand and? Turn on your webcam and host. I wish. I wish. I do point. I do do some points and gestures at times. But I'm not dressed up in a suit. Sadly. I'm I'm too lazy for that. I've just noticed that you always, like even before before you left, you always said, um, what's up, viewers? Hi, viewers. And then when, when I started hosting, I was like, well, that's not right. So I started saying, hi, podcast listeners. But then that was long, so I just switched to What's Up Gamers. I got my own style, man. I got my own style. No, the, uh, I can tell you why I do that. I can tell you why I do that. It's because of when I was doing the 
skipping max when I was writing the skipping max articles, I'd always say viewers because oh, okay. I was right like writing a script for as if it was a TV show, and so I just stuck with that kind of thematics. I so I always say, "What's up, viewers?" Just wondering. I was curious. Uh, okay. <laughs> he got a good laugh out of Ernest. <laughs> yeah, it's like the uh, most he said the entire show. <laughs> yeah. It's just absurd to me that you call them viewers. I didn't notice that. <laughs> I have a tendency for pointing things like that out. I guess. It's just like, it's an, yeah, anyway. Carry on, what were you saying? Yeah. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is, Glenn, uh, what, uh, where can our viewers find you? You can find me on Twitter at GoGlen underscore, at G-O-G-L-E-N-N underscore, or you can send me an email at Go, no, that's not right. What's my email address? Glenn.Gordon at PSU.com. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and do you have any shout-outs for anyone, any of the viewers watching today? No, because we don't have any viewers watching. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to shout-out to your imaginary friends, Dane. <laughs> but why, man? Why? They're lonely. Why are you such a bad guy now? Not a bad guy. Such a bad guy. We just don't have right? any viewers. Okay, Gary, Mr. KGB, yes. <laughs> where can our viewers find you at? You can find me on Twitter at Gaglalush, that's G-A-G-L-A-U-S-H, or uh, you can contact me at PSU email at Gary, that's G-A-R-R-I, at PSU.com. All right, and any shout-outs to the viewers today thank you for watching everyone i hope you like my new haircut where can the viewers find uh find you at uh on the planet earth um or on twitter at <laughs> ernstyland E-R-N-S-T-Y-L-I-N or email ernest.lin at psu.com And any shout-outs to the viewers today? Anyone to shout-out to? Any uh, shout-outs? Uh, shout-out to my brother. Hi, you're probably not going to listen to this. Why not? Make him. <laughs> make him listen to this. Yeah, I should make him. I should. You should. Go podcast delete his easy. entire music library and just replace it with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he turns on he turns on a song by like safety suit or something he's like what the heck is this yeah he's trying to go for a jog and he's <laughs> he starts hearing this talk racial diverse is that Ernest what the heck who's this Russian guy what, what's going on <laughs> video games alright alright and viewers you can find me at the Somber Files for Twitter, L A S O M B R A F I L E S, or you can contact me directly by email, dane.smith at psu.com. That's D A N E. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, 
you want to just chat, hang out with the viewers, or maybe you want to be on an upcoming episode, right? Maybe Snova wants to get on the hot seat for an episode. You can reach us at the RDGH. So tweet us at the RDGH. This guy, this guy, right? so thinks, this for, guy thinks he's going to be like the host every week now. He's like inviting <laughs> people onto the show and telling people to leave troll reviews and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to spice things up. I'm trying to spice things up. Why are you being such a hater, Glenn? Well, because this is the first time ever hearing about it. <laughs> <laughs> then this might be the last time I'm ever on that. On the no, show. no, no, no. If I suddenly we'll, disappear, we know what happened. Glenn, Glenn put the hit on me. I'm not the one from the KGB here, okay? No. Hey, um, hey, hey. No, I mean... That's going to cost you. It would be fun to have the funds on the show at some point. He's always sending us tweets. Why not? There you go. See I had it all planned out from the start. No, you didn't. That's why I'm the host with the most. No, you didn't. You did not. You <laughs> yes, had no I idea. Like you, I you've so been did. on. You've been on episodes. You were on an episode two weeks ago, and this never once came up. Because <laughs> I'm keeping it hitting, man. You, you I'd have this. my time. Why would I bring it up then? You thought of this thirty seconds ago. I can't argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> so for the commissioner, wait, wait, we're not going done. for KGB Gary. What do you mean we're not done? What's left? What do you mean what's left? Guys, don't forget to check out next Saturday night, the twenty sixth of July. We will be pu uh, publishing the very first episode of the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour. It was not published, as Dane mentioned earlier on the on the podcast. It was not published um, to all of our wherever Podbean sends our stuff. Um, but we are publishing it, and so you will get to see how it all began. Um, that happens next week, the 26th. Uh, of course, this episode, as you are listening to it, it is the 23rd. So take a, uh, in just a few days from now, check your feed again for the very first episode of the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour. Send us a tweet. Let us know what you think. Proceed. And also, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes to get all of our great episodes, especially when you're jogging, because you never know when that will come in handy. Hi, Ernest brother. All right. <laughs> Hi, Ernest brother. Yeah. Hi, Ernest brother. And so, for the commissioner, Glenn Gordon, for KGB Gary, for Ernest, don't call me a girl, Lynn, I am your host with the most, Dane Smith, Stane. Good night, good gaming, and don't be a racist. <laughs>